It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at LLThunderPod. Email the show, LLThunderPod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. Do not forget, we're going to have a Locked On Thunder Fantasy Basketball League. So if you want to get involved in that, hit me up on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles or Email LLThunderPod at gmail.com. So on today's show, we're going to dive into the biggest stories from day two of Media Week, where we talked with Hemnu Diallo and Mike Muscala. We're also going to talk about the biggest storylines to follow for this Thunder team throughout this season and much, much more. This is Locked on Thunder, your only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's start, though, with Mike Muscala, who was very excited to be at Media Week today. He told us that, you know, he, he's so happy to come back to this organization and come back to Oklahoma City. He loves the city, so it made picking up that player option a no-brainer. He praised Mark Dagnott and said that he is a great guy and that he's a great coach and the city will love him. And he talked about something very important because once the team started getting disassembled and Chris Paul is in Phoenix and even fans upset that they traded Kelly Oubre, once all that stuff transpired, fans started worrying about the development of Shea and Baisley and Dort on a losing team and what that can do for them. And I've always thought that that was kind of pointless to worry about that because tanking has never really hurt anyone's development before. I mean, is Devin Booker's development hurt by losing? I mean, he he was under the radar at Kentucky and then burst onto the scene with a losing Suns team and has never won anything in his career besides 8-0 and in the bubble, but we still recognize he's a really good NBA player. And now he has that chance to take that next step team-wise. But as a player, Devin Booker is going to be the same Devin Booker this year that we saw last year, a really talented NBA player, an NBA All-Star. And Mike Muscala talked about how important this is for the young players on this roster, that opening up this playing time is huge for their development. And it's what I've been saying all along. First of all, with the Shea thing, What's going to keep Shea in Oklahoma City is not going to be another first-round exit this year if you just run it back and and try to maybe win a first-round series with Gallinari if you re-signed him and and keeping Chris Paul. That will not keep Shea in in Oklahoma City long-term. 
What will keep Shane Oklahoma City long-term is if he develops into a really good player and by the end of his tenure here in Oklahoma City, then you have pieces around him. By the end of that second rookie contract, you have the pieces around him to compete for a championship. It's more beneficial this season to not vie for the first round of the postseason, but to focus on development and focus on what can Shea become? What can Baisley become with more minutes given to him? And not just minutes, but minutes with a roster that I think is very conducive to his play style. What can become of this group? Lou Dort taking another step. And Mike Muscala talked about it. Yes, there's other things that go into developing a player, but one of, if not the most important part of it, is simply getting them experience and getting them time on the court, trial and error, letting Shea grow as a point guard, knowing that, okay, if Shea has a bad night at point guard tonight, it's not the end of the world. It has nothing to do with this season. If you lose to the Suns on a Tuesday, the sky isn't falling. Whereas in the OK3 era, in the eras in which you're trying to contend, the sky was falling after a loss to Orlando on a February night. But that's no longer the focus. And since that's the case, allowing them to have this roster that will allow Shea and these players to grow and have more playing time is a huge deal. And I was glad that Mike Muscala talked about that. He also was asked about Shea specifically. And yes, he said all the right things. Great player. He's going to take on this role at point guard, be really good at it, blah, blah, blah. Unprovokedly, though, he mentioned his love for Darius Baisley and how excited he was for Darius Baisley's new role. And maybe I'm reading too much into this, but the fact that unprovoked Mike Muscala just talked about Darius Baisley and was talking about how excited he was for Darius Baisley's new role, to me, that means everyone in that organization is on the same page that Baisley's going to be a starter and Baisley's going to be an impact player this year and have the focus on him as he should. And I'm so excited that Muscala's excited for Darius Baisley because maybe he's seen some things uh, that, that we haven't gotten to see yet from Darius Baisley. So it's going to be very exciting to watch this Thunder team. And we'll get to the top storylines to follow for this Thunder team. And then we got to talk to Hamadou Diallo, who was a joy to talk to. And he really did all the right things in his media availability. As a lifelong Oklahoman and as somebody who takes pride in this state, Hamadou Diallo gave you the goosebumps. If you go and listen to Hamadou Diallo yesterday talking to the media, he said all the right things about what an amazing city this is and how much pride he takes in putting on that uniform to represent us and represent Oklahomans. And he he just did everything right to get you jacked up about this organization. And you can tell this organization has installed that into these players. And he's the longest tenured Oklahoma City Thunder player. And he talked about how exciting that was and how much he looks forward to, quote, being in the position to play in this amazing city and carry on the, our amazing tradition and keep that going. That that he kind of feels that sense of urgency or that sense of passion to do those things, to continue on the great traditions that Oklahoma City Thunder basketball is all about. And it was very exciting to hear that from him. And of course, he also gave a huge shout out to Mark D talking about what a great person he is and mentioned really that first and foremost, he's a great person because Mark has a great relationship with every player. And that's what we've heard about Mark from everyone involved with his pathway to this point is how much of a great person he is and how much he can connect to players and make them feel valuable and make them feel important, both basketball wise and non-basketball wise. 
Diallo talked about how he was always there to pick him up, Mark was, and he was always there to get him through adversity. He cannot wait to get to work with Mark as the head coach. And a basketball aspect of all of this for Diallo is he loves the positionless basketball style that Mark wants to implement. I do as well, but Diallo mentions that he spent all offseason working on his shooting, and that would be big for Hamidou Diallo. And Mark yesterday talked about the ceiling that Diallo had left and it's still to reach and the potential he still has. And if Diallo can unlock some perimeter shooting, then he really does have another gear to hit and another level to hit as an NBA player. And it's worth the flyer to see if he can do it, to see if he can reach that ceiling. Because last year, he was in the 15th percentile in shooting from the perimeter. That grades out to an F. The 17th percentile in catch and shoot at the perimeter. That grades out to an F. In the 21st percentile in corner threes. That grades out to a D minus, his highest grade from the perimeter. Last year, he was 14th percent in three-point gravity, which shows you the lack of respect that defenders give him. An F for three-point gravity. The lack of respect and, and that can harm spacing on the floor that defenders gave Diallo last year. If he can force defenders to even respect him a little bit with his athleticism, with his ability to get to the basket, with his ability to cut off ball, that's really going to open up more and more and more of his game. So that's a very exciting stuff to me that he's working on his shooting, and it sounds like he's going to be able to pull it off. Hey, he's going to be given the opportunity to at least. He's going to be given the chance to prove it. He's going to be put in positions to where he'll shoot three threes a night. He'll shoot however many threes a night because he'll just have an expanded role. So I'm excited for him to Diallo this year. We're going to do stock watch on Friday and we're going to buy and sell stock in Thunder players that are on the roster right now. And I've got to tell you that I know Thunder fans have some form. Some Thunder fans have Hamidou Diallo fatigue. I'm not one of them. I, I know you can call me a sheep, but I'm buying in to Hamidou Diallo stock. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Coming up, we're going to talk about the Thunder moves. They've lost a player. They've waived a player. They've signed a player. They've done a lot since the last time that we spoke. We're also going to get to the top storylines to follow for this season for the Oklahoma City Thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be buying and selling stock from the Thunder players on this roster right now. Who am I all in on? Who am I kind of out on? On this roster tomorrow. Also, we'll have more player availabilities to talk about, including not only from the Thunder, the two players, or how many players we get from the Thunder tomorrow, but we'll also have to talk with Isaiah Todd and Jalen Green of the NBA G League Select team. They're going to be meeting with the media tomorrow afternoon on Thursday. So we'll have all those updates for you both on this podcast and over on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. So that's at R Y L A N underscore S T I 
L-E-S. This is Locked on Thunder, your only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, so subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast from. The Thunder made some roster moves today, including waving Zillin Sheetham, who was Lou Dort's best friend, it seems like, at Arizona State. They have signed Chason Randall, a 27-year-old point guard, to an Exhibition 10 contract. As you know, Exhibition 10 contracts are 99.99% of the time only training camp deals. Randall will be the same, and maybe he will sign with the Oklahoma City Blue. The Cheatham wave was expected. We talked about that in both roster projection 1.0 and 2.0. Very expected, very easy move to make. You saw them cut Josh Gray uh, yesterday. So moving forward here, the Thunder also, according to the NBA transaction log, have signed Alexei Pukashevsky to his rookie contract, and it seems like that will be the full 120%. That's the typical number for first-round picks. Now, this has not been made official by the Thunder, but again, it was on the NBA transaction log, so that seems pretty official to me. And the Thunder also did lose a player, though, and we have to pour one out and give our condolences to Oklahoma City Blue legend, Leangelo Ball. Leangelo Ball has signed with the Detroit Pistons an Exhibition 10 contract. Troy Weaver goes over to Detroit and steals away Leangelo Ball, who is, of course, an Oklahoma City Blue legend, signed with the Blue right before the hiatus. And it seems like he'll be with the Pistons G League team after training camp. But Troy Weaver uses his intel from Oklahoma City and from the Blue and swoops in to get Leangelo Ball. But that is all the roster moves Oklahoma City has made up until this point. But the NBA did release their first three game days national TV slate. And a couple notes from that, of course, the Thunder are not featured on the national TV slate for the first three days of the season. Also, there's not going to be a Christmas Eve game from anyone around the league, which was expected. That's how they traditionally do it. But there was a question mark around that just in the sense of it's a 72-game season. It's a shortened season. Do they try to put a couple games on Christmas Eve? Will not appear that way from the national TV slate for the first three game days of the season. And the first three game days being the 22nd, 23rd, and 25th. Tells you there's no game day on the 24th. Chris Paul makes his son's debut against the Mavericks on the 23rd. We still do not know when the Thunder will debut their season. I think it's unlikely to happen on the 22nd. I think that the 22nd will be just the two games, the two primetime games. You have the Battle of L.A. whenever the Lakers get their ring at the nightcap at 930. And then leading off, you have Warriors and Nets. Steph Curry going against Kevin Durant. I don't think that, that any team will play besides those four teams on the 22nd. So given that aspect of it, given the off day on the 24th, I'd expect the Thunder to play on the 23rd, but we will know the full NBA schedule on Friday. So stay tuned for that. I'll give updates on Twitter as we get the schedule. Let's dive in now to the, to the top storylines to follow for this Thunder team before we even have a schedule in hand. Of course, to me, the top storyline is Shea and Shea's progression, especially in that point guard role, will he have an amazing start to his point guard career in Oklahoma City? Or will he take some time to learn the new position and it will be a bit of a rocky start? How will the Shea point guard experience go all throughout this season? And 
really, as I've said all along, the Thunder are playing with house money. And we've heard that phrase a lot over the past calendar year. But if Shea's a really good point guard, awesome. That is great. If he's not such a good point guard, okay. Well, he's proven to you that he can be a really good off-ball guard. That's fine, too. So that's what makes this so exciting to follow, is that there's no wrong answer here. There's no bad outcome here. If he's not a point guard, that's fine. He's proven that he can adapt to the to the secondary role. Darius Baisley is what I'm most fascinated by personally. Because while I would like to see Shea as a point guard, I would like to see Shea flourish in that point guard role. It's not keeping me up at night thinking about the possibility that Shea is or isn't the future point guard of this team. It's just not. But Darius Baisley getting more touches, getting more minutes, getting more opportunity and responsibility on this team. Can he show everyone that he was worth that first-round pick? You saw a lot of comparisons last year between him and Brandon Clark. And after watching the bubble, Thunder fans should come away encouraged. And Thunder fans should, should come away almost expecting that conversation to narrow if you want to compare those two players. Because I think that there's a legitimate chance. And honestly, if... I don't know how you would bet on this sort of thing. I really don't. But if there's a way to bet who has the better career, I'm going to pick Darius Baisley over Brendan Clark. And I don't think that's me being a homer. I think that that's just me understanding that while Brendan Clark had a really good rookie season, Darius Baisley has such a higher ceiling and has way more room to grow than Brendan Clark. And if last year is all Brendan Clark is, that's still a good NBA player. That's still an NBA player worth a first-round pick. But I think that Darius Baisley can be more than that. And so can he prove me right or wrong this season? Lou Dort also deserves a huge shout-out here as we get the three big names out the way at the top of this of this segment. Lou Dort has immense potential, especially when you factor in that he was playing amazing defense while not practicing with the team last year because of that two-way contract, he did not get to practice until the bubble. And defense is, is that area of the game where it's so beneficial and so crucial to practice with and learn with the guys you're going to be sharing the floor with and learning their tendencies and learning how to play together. That if he was that good with a limited practice time, how much better can he be defensively? How much more can he show defensively? I'm very excited for him. And also the offensive game. He's not Andre Robertson. He's not even Tabo Cephalosha. I think he's better than that. I think he's better offensively. And I said that two games before the 30-point effort he gave in Game 7. Lou Dort can shoot it. He has a really good free throw percentage that usually translates to being able to shoot from the perimeter. He has... Good control whenever he's driving to the basket. He has some handles and he can pass a bit with a point guard background. Lou Dort can do things offensively that help you win games. He's never going to be the, the the sole purpose of your offense or the driving force of your offense. You can get a Lou Dort game here and there. But he's also not going to be this black hole offensively the same way Andre was. And I think he'll make more of an impact offensively than Tabo Cephalosha did. So I'm very excited to see what Lou Dort can become. And you cannot 
get away from the top storylines to follow without talking about Alexei Pukashevsky, the international man of mystery. What is his role this season? And if anyone tells you something other than I don't know, they're simply lying to you. Frankly, I don't even know if Mark knows the starting point for Alexei Pukashevsky on December 3rd, 2020. You've got to let him go through training camp. You've got to let him see just how fast he can get adjusted to NBA life and to American life. I mean, this is a big learning curve for him. But watching him grow is certainly going to be fun. I mean, it is certainly going to be fun to watch a seven-footer who may or may not be 7'1", who plays like a guard, try to play basketball at the NBA level, making the leap from your local YMCA pretty much. That's a level of talent in the league he was playing in. It's going to be amazing to follow that storyline. Coming up, we're going to talk about more storylines to follow, and there is huge news breaking in the middle of this podcast, so we'll get to it in just one second. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so we're back on Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Be sure when this podcast is over to head on over and listen to Hollinger and Duncan podcast. It is a podcast that will make you a smarter basketball fan. It's on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Go find them wherever you get your podcasts from. I want to continue on with the top storylines to follow this season and then get into the biggest news around the NBA today. And that is the fact that Russell Westbrook was traded for John Wall. Cannot wait to dive into that, but I want to continue talking about reasons to watch this team. Obviously, you have the Flyers, and who knows what they can be. T.J. Leaf, a former first-round pick. Admiral Schofield, someone who I was very high on uh, in his draft in the second round as a Flyer from the Washington Wizards. Justin Jackson, and none of those guys really move the needle. I think that of those three, T.J. Leaf has the biggest NBA potential to stick around and find a role for him with the Thunder, and then Admiral Schofield second, and then Josh, uh, Justin Jackson is a distant distant third, but then you have two very interesting ones. We've already talked about Hamadou Diallo, so I don't rehash all of that, but Josh Hall, a two-way contract for the Thunder. Josh Hall is very, very talented. He elected to skip college like Darius Baisley. He fell out of the draft when undrafted, even though on on some recruiting databases, he was a five-star recruit in his high school class. Josh Hall has immense potential at that small forward position, and he's going to have opportunity that many two, uh, many two-way guys just don't get. And I know that we want to turn everyone into a Lou Dort story, but that's just the, the fact of the matter that that does not happen all the time. In fact, it's incredibly rare. But if there is a guy who has that Lou Dort potential, it's Josh Hall. So I'm very excited to see if he can be the next Lou Dort with the, with the differences that the NBA has made to the two-way structure that guys can stay up in the NBA for 50 games and it's not days anymore it's games and that allows you to practice and it allows you to utilize your time more wisely in the NBA so I'm very excited for Josh Hall's development with the Thunder 
You also have Teo Maldon, who's a first-round talent you picked up in the second round. He's a very interesting prospect, and I think that he's someone worth watching throughout this season. And then you have the veterans, mainly Al Horford. Can Al Horford be the next CP3 story? Much like Lou Dort, it's not a guarantee. It's, it's not something you should, you should bank on or expect. But I do think that this is a more conducive roster for Al Horford. I think that this is a more stable environment. I think that this is a place he can thrive. Whereas I never thought he fit in Philadelphia. Philadelphia has just seemed like the 76ers going to grab Al Horford because they could grab Al Horford. And then they'd figure out the rest later. And they never figured out the rest, that him and Joel just couldn't play together. I think that Al Horford will show a lot of people he can still play. He's not washed. And then at the offseason, you maybe can flip him for something of value. But I want to talk about the biggest story today, and that is... Thunder legend Russell Westbrook getting traded to the Washington Wizards to fulfill a Thunder fan lifelong dream to play Russell Westbrook with Bradley Beal and reunite all of that with Scott Brooks. I mean, that is going to be a fun Wizards team to watch now. And in return, the Rockets got a protected first round pick in John Wall's contract. And we'll see if John Wall can perform and what he is after injury. We talk about reunions. With Scott Brooks and Russell Westbrook, also, you have John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins now, both coming off injuries and trying to readjust to NBA life. So that'll be a fun storyline for the Rockets fans to follow. But this certainly feels like a trade that each side is is uncomfortable with. Like, I don't think that either GM hung up the phone today and said, wow, we really won that deal, huh? This is just something that seems to be out of necessity. Like, okay, Russ doesn't want to be here. John doesn't want to be there. Neither of them have value around the league. One of them is a worse contract because the player's always injured, and we're not sure if he can even play at the NBA level anymore. So you give us an additional asset in that predicted first-round pick, and we'll call it a day and see what happens. That's what this feels like to me. Now, what does this mean big picture for the Rockets, which is very important to Oklahoma City because they own the Rockets' future? Is this just the first of many dominoes to fall? Are we going to see a James Harden trade? I am scared to put down my phone now out of fear we're going to miss the James Harden trade. But I think that the Rockets hold on to James Harden, at least until the trade deadline. And then they'll evaluate themselves from there. Have they mended the relationship enough? Is it working out in Houston? Things like that will factor into if James Harden gets traded. I don't think it'll happen before the season. But given the fact that we're inside of training camp and I thought that they were going to just run it back with Russell Westbrook also, it, I thought that they had allowed the Russell Westbrook news to kind of blow over and that Russell Westbrook was going to be fine in Houston to start the year and just be a professional that we know Russell Westbrook is. I can't bank on the fact that they're just going to have James Harden come December 22nd or December 23rd whenever they start their season. This is going to be very fascinating. For Russell Westbrook, I'm excited to see what he can do with Scott Brooks again and with Bradley Beal in that pairing. But this is this is going to be something worth keeping an eye on for Thunder fans, that, that, that direction the Rockets are heading eventually. Because this certainly seems like the first move of many to deconstruct that roster. You had the Covington trade. You had the 
Westbrook trade. And it feels like an only, only a matter of time before the Harden trade. And that's very important for Oklahoma City. So on tomorrow's show, I do want to have Stock Watch Friday, where we buy and sell stock of Thunder players who are on this roster today. Who am I all in on this season? Who am I out on this season? Also, I want to tear off the Western Conference and predict the Western Conference to see just how good or bad the Thunder are as they set their sights, I think, on the first overall pick in next year's draft. So send me your Western Conference predictions at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Or email them, lothunderpod at gmail.com. Who do you think finishes 1 through 15 in the Western Conference? Let me know all of that. And be sure to subscribe to Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter because we'll be talking with more Thunder players today. And we'll talk with Isaiah Todd and Jalen Green of the NBA G League Select team later on this afternoon. So a jam-packed day at Locked on Thunder. We'll be back again on Friday to, to recap whatever happens on Thursday. Is James Harden going to be traded by then? Who knows? We'll talk all about it on Locked on Thunder. I'm Ryland Styles. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.